Welcome back to The Strong Room. I'm your host, Sherry McMillan. Today, Greg Shannon from Miller Thompson and I are exploring the topic of how you can protect your business to transfer into the next generations and preserve it. This is a cause for many of us because there is a lot of statistics out there that show that by the third generation, a family business is lost. And so today, Greg, we're exploring opportunities that we have as families to ensure that that protection is in play. So I thought we'd talk about, first of all, a little bit around the timing of planning our estates. And I think it is something to give a lot of contemplation to, to be proactive. Yes, and the considerations with respect to the timing for the estate freeze, which is a very important component of successful family business succession, we have to deal with the current value of the assets in absolute terms. And is the future growth in value expected to occur, which we hope it does, and therefore look at freezing the current value and putting the future growth into the hands of the next generation. So the current value of the freeze assets relative to all other assets has to be determined. The use of chartered accountants and certified chartered business valuators needs to be looked at. And the age, the financial position, and the lifestyle of the current owners and also the children or the future owners needs to be evaluated. Involvement of various family members in the family business is basically required. You can't just isolate certain people, even if they're not involved in the business. Therefore, the use of a family committee, which meets regularly, which has many members of the family attend those meetings or be represented at those meetings is crucial. Because even if you're not involved in the business, because you're a part of the family, you need to have some knowledge of the business and some say in what's going on. I mean, often, Greg, my experience is those that leave a business to the family unit, even if the child isn't actively involved in the business, they still may be financially benefiting by owning some of the shares. And as a general rule, the more growth that can be shifted to the future generation, the better off you'll be and the more advantageous the estate freeze will be ultimately. The lower the starting point for the freeze, the more growth that can be shifted to the next generation and tax deferred. Right. And that means that that wealth can stay inside that business to continue to grow it. True. So with that in mind, there's a couple of obstacles, Greg, that are often thrown at me when I'm considering planning with families. And I I wanted to throw them out there for you to see what your viewpoint was. The first one I often hear is, well, if I do this type of planning, I don't want to lose control as the person that created the business in the first place. And I know you have solutions. Yes. To avoid losing control, The use of a trust in the tax business and succession planning procedure is is very wise. Coupled with a unanimous shareholders agreement and the issuance of what we normally call uh, voting non-participating shares to the outgoing generation is very prudent and will alleviate a lot of the disadvantages and the concerns out there. Now, being that we're talking about trust planning, Greg, there's always the issue, of course, that a trust has a deemed disposition in 21 years, and there obviously are some solutions available to us. The use of a trust in the tax and business succession planning program is very important. One of the I guess negatives of the trust is that after 21 years, there's a deemed disposition so that there'll be a taxable event where the assets will come out of the trust, there'll be a tax, and then they'll have to be transferred back in with a new basis. That's just one of the um, issues of the trust, but the the 21-year period gives a long time in the business cycle for growth to be accrued and then shifted to the next generation through the use of the trust. So there are 
advantages and disadvantages of the trust. That's one of the disadvantages, but it's definitely outweighed by the advantages of the creditor proofing as well as the shifting the growth to the next generation. I would absolutely agree with you. I mean, ultimately, we should all be planning in a business at least every 21 years. Exactly. And just to get back to the sort of use of the trust, the nature of a trust is it's a legal relationship. It's a situation where we have a number of players. There's a set law of the trust. There's trustees of the trust. Usually it's multiple trustees. There's beneficiaries of the trust. And there's usually a person entitled to appoint trustees as a protector of the trust. We see that in certain instances. Uh, There's a shifting of the capital growth. Gains are shifted to the beneficiaries. There's a reduction of income taxes during the lifetime and on death. They can be reversible through reversible freezes. And there's the multiplication of the enhanced capital gains exemption through the use of the trust. I do also know, Greg, that sometimes trust can also provide a provision of matrimonial protection as well. That is correct. And there's other possible tax savings through income splitting, asset management and control, flexible provisions in the shareholders' agreements coupled with the use of the trust can provide for the avoidance of shareholder grievances, protection against creditors of beneficiaries, including those matrimonial claims, avoiding compulsory succession schemes, providing for disabled adult beneficiary children, dealing with infants with the capacity to contract, and also, and most importantly, Secrecy, because the document is a private document, the trust deed is private, and the unanimous shareholders agreement is private. Greg, you know, a lot of times there's that saying out there that we shouldn't rule from the grave, but a lot of families that have created substantial wealth want to be sure that it's stewarded well into the next generation and that some skill set is developed so that there is appropriate succession. And these are the tools to use. The use of the uh, family trust coupled with a unanimous shareholders agreement for proper business succession in the family is critical. And what happens is basically there's an asset management control, there's an asset protection control, there's tax-deferred savings, and there's a shifting of a capital growth all in the estate plan, which technically is masterminded by the outgoing generation and monitored and controlled by the future generation. And ultimately, it has to be continued to be managed is the other point. Yes, these documents are flexible. The shareholders agreement is a document that should be looked at each year end with all the members of the family and legal counsel and the auditors to determine if provisions need to be revisited or amended or modified somewhat. So I thought, Greg, we would spend a little bit of time talking about a standard estate plan for a family business owner, and we would use a case study if that's agreeable to you. So we'd start with maybe Mr. Smith, if we could, and do you want to describe his circumstance? Yeah, we'll do a sort of a plain vanilla estate plan with Mr. and Mrs. Smith that own Opco, which is a small business, and... They have three children, and they would like to have the business transitioned to the children. And because the children are not all of age yet, of age of majority yet, there's, they're going to use a trust, and the, the trust will basically subscribe for non-voting common shares. There will be an estate freeze done by Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where they were able to roll their common shares into the Small Business Corporation, OPCO, and take back non-voting fixed value PREF shares and also voting non-participating shares so that they actually do retain voting control of OPCO. Thereafter, 
All future growth will accrue into the trust, which will ultimately be for the benefit of the children or the next generation. Uh, the trust will have non-voting common shares, but they will have all of the future growth attributed to them. Now, because you've done this in a transaction where the parent group still has the voting shares, Greg, would you just make mention that the control is still there? Yes, the control is still there by two routes. The first route is they have voting non-participating shares, which allow them to, to vote on corporate decisions. Number two, they are normally the directors of the corporation and the key management of the corporation, so they're able to withdraw uh, salary, bonuses, and other management fees through their positions as officers and directors and employees of OPCO. That's perfect, because we all want to have control. Now, ultimately, owners obviously have a lot of objectives when they consider estate planning, and I just want to highlight again what these actually are before we close off today. Yeah, in summary, the owner's objectives are as follows. To provide financially for the owner, the spouse, and dependents to enable maintenance of desired lifestyles, that's of the current generation and the future generation, maintaining value of the business and hopefully increasing the value, minimizing taxes that occur on the succession of the business and on deaths, understanding the levels of taxation and ensuring sufficient liquidity to pay taxes at all times, maintain family harmony, which is very important, and to most importantly, foster continued success of the business for all of the stakeholders, which include the current owners, children, which will be the future owners, employees, suppliers, customers, and financial institutions. Thank you, Greg. I mean, there's ultimately a great deal to consider when you are a business owner. And there are solutions. That's the good part. So we have to contemplate not just tax, but a lot of legal opportunities that we have as well in Canada. I'd like to thank you for joining us today, Greg. It's been very insightful and a lot to learn. We do welcome you also to join us at our website if you'd like to learn more. It's strongroom.ca. Thanks again, Greg. I'm Sherry McMillan. This is The Strong Room.